This episode is brought to you by Mac & Co Designs, the heart of country accessories and homewares. Find them online at www.macandcodesigns.com. Welcome to All Things Small Biz, a podcast to help you take the leap and run your own business from someone who has done it themselves and wants to share what they learnt with you. Hello and welcome to the All Things Small Biz podcast. My name is Sarah Hales, your host, and today we'll be talking about how do you know when it's time to move your small biz into a bigger space. Our amazing guest today is Nick Fordyce. Nick is the founder of Camp Draft Oz, and this is something that he has been faced with. So this will be a great chat, and he's got some awesome tips for small business owners. But first, as always, we've got Brian here with us for a little chat. Brian? Darling, how are you? Well, as you can hear from my voice, um, well. A little bit croaky. A little bit croaky. There's a few frogs around here. I'm actually feeling a lot better than I was um, last week. I thought I may in fact die. Well, I thought you may have had in some sort of lung issue. Yes. Brian sent me to the hospital because he thought that I had pneumonia, which I do not. But I don't sound fabulous. And I do apologize for the croaky voice. Yeah, well, it has been good in some instances. Yes, because I haven't been able to talk, have I, Brian? No, you haven't been able to give me as many tune up. <laughs> My voice has been failing me a lot. This what was that? I couldn't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brian, moving on, win of the week. Any wins this week? couple of wins what? to this weekend, last weekend. I actually got to take the two children, age three and two, crabbing we, by myself. No, I, yeah. w- I was with you. But we also did I talk- went and collected them by myself. Oh, yes. You only went and got one lot of pots by yourself. We did talk about crabbing last week, so that's hardly a win of the week this week. Oh, well, we got three more crabs. Yes. One of the wins that we've had this week is that uh, we're back in the charts. Well, we've never been out of the charts, actually. We're we're in the charts. but We're we're, in multiple charts. We're climbing high in the charts. Keep it up, listeners. And we were featured on Apple Podcasts, and I just, I can't even believe it, to be perfectly honest. I was actually... I got a message from somebody who I think is amazing, Denise Duffield-Thomas. She actually sent me a message and said, good on you, basically. And I just, I was thinking to myself, does she know that we are a husband and wife who are recording this podcast in my office, in our home, and we're not that professional? Office. Let's call it a study nook (laughs) at best. At best. I would really like this podcast to when we talk about this sort of things to actually like on like the Maddie Johns podcast, you know, they videotape some of it. Yeah. And you could see where we're at and people would be like, are you kidding me? <laughs> These professionals are working out of that. Anyone can do it. Yes, this is true. So I got some lovely feedback from one of our listeners this week and she was telling me that when she first started her business – 
that she was searching through podcasts and trying to find some small business related podcasts that could give her some, you know, real life tips and tricks for a small business of her size. And she wasn't able to find anything relatable. So she wrote me a message to tell me how much she loves our podcast and has gathered some really great tips and tricks from us. And I just... That just fills my cup, to be perfectly honest, because that's what we're here doing. We're trying to help people to feel connected and know that um, there's someone in their corner, there's somebody that they can ask questions of, and to know that somebody is getting so much out of it that they would actually take the time out of the day to reach out to you and send a message. It just made my whole day. Yeah, pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. Did I even tell you about that? Yeah, just then. <laughs> I'm sorry. I feel sometimes like I do most of the organising of the podcast and then sometimes I forget to tell you things. I think sometimes you talk to William, your brother, a lot more and you think that that was the conversation you had with me. That, that also could be true. All righty. So, the topic for today is how do you know when it's time to move your small business into a larger space or well, a bigger space? Well, it's time. It is time. Mm-hmm. Do you know? <laughs> I'm yep. surprised you're asking me this question because it's been time for quite a while. It's probably been time since the first restock. Probably. So, just to give the listeners at home a bit of insight, I have a, well, we have, sorry, a, it's an office, but yes, it's probably a study nook. It's pretty much a room size, but it's off the hallway in our house, but it doesn't have a door. So therefore it could never be used as a bedroom. It is like purely an office study space. And being that (laughs) you're going to start laughing, aren't you? I'm probably just wanted like, let's get some dimensions for them. Let's say it's two meters wide by three meters deep. And one side has a 60, 600 mil desk. That goes the length of it down to another 600 million disc. It's an L shape. He, listen to end. him. Can you tell that he's a tradesman? He wants to measure everything. Yeah. But I have had a queen size betr- mattress in here before. I had a party. A blow up one. I had a party once and I put a guest in here as a room. It was my brother again. Yeah. It was one of the first times I was here, I think. <laughs> but we've got some overhanging shelves. We've got stock in there. I've had to put. Initially, things were on the floor and then there came a time when we had to go up and go vertical, but the business is in the house. It needs to be in the house because I have two small babies, but I have well and truly outgrown this space and I am on the cusp of trying to find a bigger space to move into, but there are some complications that come with that. So, the complications, let's talk about them. So, the complications for us would be so that it's still accessible. Yeah. Um, it could because you need to be able to access a postal arrangement to get, get all the, send all the products away. Yeah. And also receive your products in. Mm-hmm. Um, which is quite hard, especially around the Mackay district. Like, yeah, it's quite spread out. If if you haven't been to Mackay, and for those people that are around Mackay, Mackay is quite a spread out spread out district. So our issue is finding somewhere that's going to meet not just our needs of our business, but of a, of our personal effects as well. And and it's quite difficult for us to find. Yes, you would agree. 
Yeah, well, I think that, um, I guess, things I need to consider and things I have been considering are financially. Mm -hmm. We need to think financially. Um, A space- Donations are welcome, people. uh, A space uh, for the business doesn't necessarily have to mean a shop front. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily want to have a bricks and mortar store, but I think that it would be quite healthy for me- to have a premises to go to so that I have a separation between work and home life Mm -hmm. because I think other small businesses would definitely uh, resonate with the fact that when your business is in your home, if you need to do something at 10 o'clock at night, then you will just do it and, yeah, that's not always healthy. Nope. It doesn't also give you that separation between family time sometimes when – I've got something to do. I just do it because it's here. But yeah, I think I think that probably financial would be the biggest factor mm-hmm. and then space, like how much space, what is enough space. But I do think that having that space would actually help me to grow the business and mm-hmm. it would make me more productive mm-hmm. and more efficient. Because, you know, here things are sort of on top of each other or covered up or I've got to move something or I've got to go through a whole stack of things to find the right size. Whereas if I had that little bit more space and I could spread things out, it might actually be a lot faster to pick and pack orders if everything, you know, had its place and was in its place. I think that I could be more efficient. So, you know, I guess it's just finding that formula of when is the right time. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. So, with your chats with Nick, um, did he pass on any cool tips? Well, I've actually just finished the chat with Nick earlier today. And sometimes, just for the listeners, we may, I may record my talk with the guest at a time that's convenient to them. And then Brian and I um, come together, have a listen to that, and then do our sections. But we've actually managed to do this in the same day today so that my voice is the same throughout the whole podcast because we don't need to have this scratchy voice on numerous episodes. But we did talk about pretty much exactly that. He started in what was their uh, schoolroom. They did distance ed on their property and he commandeered the schoolroom. And to start off with, uh, he used the floor and, and the desks and whatever to uh, have his stock. And then it got to the point where he was big enough where he needed to go vertical. So we went to one of the hardware stores and got some shelving and went up. And then he soon got to the stage where uh, he'd outgrown that space and he had to look at whether or not he went to a distribution center. He had a look at a few other different businesses to see how they were doing things. And in the end, he ended up building his own warehouse on their property. So uh, pretty similar, but he's he's obviously got a bigger business, more stock, a bigger community, um, and he has reached that place. He's been running for a fair few years Longer than I have, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Did I answer your question or did I just go around about? He he gave you tips. I don't know what tips he built up and then went went bigger. (laughs) Um, It's probably probably a lot different to what we'll have to do. He's he's fortunate enough to be living on his family's cattle property and, and he's got a little bit of a space that he can build in. Yeah, we discussed that as well. The consideration of um, 
the land or the rental, the ongoing costs, but he was able to build what he needed for his business. Whereas I guess if you're looking for something in a city or in a town, you may sort of have to take what is available, whereas he has been able to create exactly what works for his business. That's good for him. So what challenges do you see moving forward? I guess I've worked out, oh, I suppose for want of a better word, it's a formula. I'm, you know, a mathematical person. I know where my sales need to be at, where my profit margin needs to be at for me to be able to cover the costs of moving into a bigger space. At this point in time with our kids the age that they are, I don't particularly want to do a bricks and mortar store, but I'm either, I'm sort of six of one, half a dozen of the other. I'm either looking for a commercial space where I can keep one part of the premises for myself and have other businesses in the other parts of the premise, or I'm looking for a block of land where we can build what we need on that block of land. So whilst I need to get out of this space now, I don't think it's going to happen for a little while. So I just need to sort of sit tight and make sure that I'm clear on what those triggers are. And as soon as I hit those triggers, we make the move. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. So what tips would you give to someone who was in a similar position to yourself? Well, don't get bogged down into thinking that there's only one way. There are so many ways. You don't necessarily have to rent a space from somebody else. You could buy commercial premises and um, have other spaces within that premise rented out, which therefore contribute to your costs of owning that. Um, Mm -hmm. There are distribution centers available in some of the bigger capital cities, but they come with a cost. I think the key is just to putting the time into the formula of knowing exactly when is the right time to like move and grow and know that once you do spread out into that bigger space, there are factors that you need to consider like your productivity, your efficiency, your ability to have more product, your ability to grow your business. All of those are factors that need to be considered because they are positives for your business. You know, I even think about us, we record the podcast in this space as well. If we were able to have a bigger space, we may be able to set up more of a studio, mm-hmm. which could make our recording more efficient. Not so scratchy. and I think our recording quality is really good, but I think it would give us, you know, more opportunity to record because at the moment we are limited by, you know, factors to do with our family and our kids because we're in our home. So does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And whilst the podcast is not a business per se, it is part of my business and it's something that needs to be given time and attention and it needs to be given its space for it to be able to grow properly. Mm -hmm. So I think you just need to consider all factors and know that there's, there's not one size that fits all. And I guess one of the real keys that it continuously keeps coming out in episodes of the podcast with loads of different business owners is you don't have to do it the same as everyone else. You can do it however you you choose you can break all the rules that you want to break and do what works 
for your business and you are the only person who knows what that is. Yeah. And that is right. You do it's your business, you do what we you want with it and you'll make success out of it. As yeah, you see. exactly. And if anybody ever wants to, you know, know some of those triggers and some of those factors um that I consider, just reach out and I'm happy to share some of that information with you. But what I was also going to say with regards to um, Prue, um, we were talking to Prue in one of our previous episodes from Lone Star Trading Co. Her husband owns a business called Houston Barbecue. And in our interview, we talked about the fact that he opens his restaurant three days a week and other restaurant owners are like, oh my God, how? Like, why? How can you make that work? And he, his response is that that is what he needs to do for his family because otherwise he would be a slave to the smoker. He'd be in the restaurant all the time smoking meat and he wouldn't have any quality time at home with his family. So just know that you can own a restaurant and break all of those rules if you want to. You don't have to do what everyone else is doing. This episode is brought to you by Mac & Co Designs, the heart of country accessories and homewares. Find them online at www.macandcodesigns.com. I know I briefly introduced Nick at the top of the podcast, but I just wanted to expand a little bit further. First of all, Nick is my cousin and he works on his family cattle station outside of Moranbar with his wife, Ruby, and their little boy, Hudson. Hudson is in the background at the moment. So if there is a, a few little squeaks, that's Hudson playing. They have another baby on the way. Nick is the co-founder of a website application development business, and he is also the founder of Camp Draft Oz. So as you can see, Nick is one busy guy. So Nick, thank you so much for agreeing to be on my podcast. Could we maybe start um, by explaining Camp Draft Oz? Yeah. Thanks for that uh, introduction, Sarah, and thanks thanks for having me on your podcast. Yeah, Camp Draft Oz is, uh, is an online retail business. We do some business-to-business clothing where a few people wholesale our products but predominantly it's um all done online and then there's uh we do a handful of uh pop-up shops each year we obviously due to covid haven't done that much in the last two years but yeah that's something we've we've previously done and will continue to do yeah and could you maybe explain to the listeners where you live so they can get an idea of how far it is to town yeah so I live on a family cattle station about 55 kilometres northwest of Moranbar. Um, we, uh, we've just recently had our main access road bitumened uh, to our mailbox, so that's made a big difference to us. So it's about, uh, about 45 k's of bitumen and then 7 k of dirt into the house roughly. Um, yeah, it's a family family run show so i live uh in a small cottage with uh ruby and hudson and then there's another house where mum and dad live yeah i can actually remember when they built that house your dad was very hands-on with building that i was only really little at that age but that probably shows how much older i am than you (laughs) so maybe i should keep that to myself and um the road being bitumen that's that's mainly due to the abattoir being built next door. Yeah, I th- that uh, had a had a huge 
impact on the road. Also, Adani being constructed in in Western Queensland, that's sort of one of their access roads from Moorumbah. So I think that was also a contributing factor to it. But yeah, the abattoir certainly had a at a large say in that. Yeah, definitely. And a shout out to Blair and Josie from Signature Beef. Uh, thanks for that. Last time I went out there, the road was much, much better than it has been over the last uh, however many years. But Nick, what does a normal day look like for you? Where do you find the time to fit business in around property work and also a young family? Yeah, that's a, a good question. Uh, every day, Sort of chops and changes a fair bit for me. Uh, normally, uh, Ruby or mum and dad, if they're going in town, I'll try and be pre-organised and get up early and pack any online orders that we have so we can sort of arrange to have the orders taken to the post office so we're not just running in solely for that. But yeah, normally get up early in the morning and uh, pack orders and then I'll head off to work on the farm sort of work most of the day and then yeah late afternoon or even i guess i'm very lucky i'm able to go home each day for lunch and smoko so i can always fit in a bit of stuff there on the computer or packing orders if i need to and then yeah in the afternoons or late in the day so hudson's having a great time out there yeah, well, that's also one of the beauties, I guess, of having an online-based business is that you can actually do things, you know, on your laptop or on your phone at intermittent times throughout the day. Yeah, and uh, well, another factor that is now, obviously, with phones, we've, we've got um, really good service where we are. We live close to the mines, so more often than not, I can, you know, be riding along on a horse or on a motorbike or out the back and just got to get on your phone and you can reply to a message or to an email or wherever you are. So that's probably been a huge, huge bonus for me. I mean, you, I was up at uh, our grandmother's yesterday talking to her and she described they did some development um, in around Mackay area and she was explaining that grandpa used to spend a lot of time driving around and seeing people and talking to them with banks and whatnot and now I guess we're so lucky with phones we can just do all that from wherever you are on the go so it's pretty hard to imagine how it was back in the day. Yeah definitely and um, I always think like with you particularly because you're one of four in your family and the others are trade qualified or university qualified um, and you have basically been on the farm since you finished school. So, realistically, you've managed to create an amazing business without that further education and also being isolated. So, I think you've done an amazing job. Yeah, thanks, Sarah. I guess when you look at it like that, possibly looks great to some people, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's hard work. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. No, it's, um, I've enjoyed the challenges of it and uh, I guess being... In a family business, I've had a fair bit of flexibility from mum and dad, so that's been um big, big, big plus for me to be able to work in with them. So yeah, sort of bit of a give both ways, I guess. So yeah, definitely. And so Camp Draft Dolls, like, how did you come up with the idea? It was sort of an over over a beer thing, wasn't it? Yeah, well, uh, I think on our website the info, uh, well, the information page stated that we sort of uh, started the idea on the front gates of a cutout, cutout <laughs> yard while we are having a beer, but it probably truthfully didn't really happen like that. It was not necessarily something I had a massive 
or a plan in place to sort of do it kind of just slowly evolved itself i i started the instagram page first um i'm not exactly sure why i didn't have a specific reason behind that i guess i just instagram was reasonably new back when i started it had only probably been running for five years i guess back then maybe not even that around 2012 when i started the page and um yeah it sort of evolved from that it, it started getting quite quite a few followers and i was sharing photos of camp drafting obviously and there was sort of a lot of people commenting and liking the photos and sharing them which sort of created a lot of organic growth for me and then the idea came up to start i guess a bit more of a brand and a product range and start selling stuff so it sort of just slowly evolved and i guess i kind of fell on my feet with it so yeah oh awesome so all in the timing and um I have had another guest ask me what camp drafting is in the past. So, camp drafting is Australia's own horse sport and it's something that our family really get into. And I know that you've told me before as well that during that time, there wasn't really another page that was showcasing our sport. Like, there wasn't a lot of photos out there. So, I guess that probably attracted people to come and follow your page as well. Yeah, well, that's, that's a very good point. That's true. It's probably still uh the case of probably one you know there was a few pages out there that used to share photos like uh i think one that comes to memories thank a farmer for your next meal i remember looking at those and they had like this huge following of all these people and i was just like wow like and then the the idea of camp drafting and as you just said with our connection to the sport through our family growing up with it i guess it was something that i had a bit of uh bit of attachment to or whatever and um yeah and then just creating that page for other like-minded people to see and share photos and have a look yeah um yeah just sort of took off from there i i always think it's amazing you've got you've got so much content as well because there's so many people taking photos there's so many people participating in the sport and to get featured on your page i suppose is a bit of a thing now because you've got such a an awesome following and that's where people go to check out what's happening at some of the big events you know gold cup if they're down at tamworth everybody's checking up on your page to see what's going on yeah well that's true it it just comes back to that um organic growth i guess but yeah i think it definitely just how many followers there are on the page now i think definitely what you've said it's um i think people get a thrill out of sort of having a photo of themselves being shared on the page so that yeah really helps with people sending in photos and tagging us and tagging uh or hashtagging camp draft dolls it yeah it's uh pretty cool to see all the photos get sent in every week it's actually I, I don't run the social media anymore, but just choosing the photos can quite often be a hard hard job because there's so many there. So <laughs> Yeah, that's a good, good problem to have almost, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And so back to the products, you, you first started out with some caps. I started my business with 20 bangles. Do you remember like how many caps you started off with? Like what was your first order? Yeah, well... Uh you did ask me this question earlier and i couldn't i tried looking up what exactly it was but i've had a few different emails change over the times but i think from memory it was 25 i got them from a company down in melbourne with a, an old logo we don't have that logo we first used anymore and got it got the 25 caps made just all one color and yeah that sort of grew from there 
And um, did they just fly out the door? Yeah, well, I remember looking at some businesses on Instagram before I created a website and I remember seeing some people trying to sell products without a website. So, they'd just put up a picture of a product and say, if you if you want to purchase this, just send me a message and transfer me the money. And I just remember thinking that wouldn't work for me because being busy on the farm and just sort of the idea of having to manually match up transactions to make sure people have paid before you sent it. So, the website came first and yeah, I, I do remember the capsule pretty quickly because we had a bit of a following on Instagram and it was perhaps a bit of a novelty idea for some people. They sold within within a week, I think. So, that was very exciting for us. Yeah, I think so. And um, you quickly got another order on the way? Yeah, well, coming back to our our margins, uh, even though we'd, we'd sold all the caps, I think because they cost me so much to get to get made there, you know, we might have only made twenty dollars over the whole 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 order. So I quickly realised that um, I had to find some some better suppliers where I could get uh, cheaper prices and even quality was something that I wanted to try and improve. They weren't the best quality caps, so we um, yeah, I was introduced to Alibaba by your brother that was something i hadn't heard of at the time and uh yeah started playing around with that and just sort of went by the theory of trial trial and error and eventually found some uh good supplies and yeah that's gone a long way to help us so now we've uh got some good relationships with a few factories overseas and uh yeah they've been been dealing with them for a number of years now and actually been over there to visit them as well so that's uh yeah been a great evolving thing i guess and um i guess too on 25 on a number of 25 when you get that minimum order quantity they're way more expensive the higher the quantity is um the lower the price gets so once you started getting to a point where you could make some bigger orders you probably got a better deal um from your supplier as well yeah yeah well that's quite often a thing that uh i mean previously i've i've gone back to the trying the smaller quantities and turning over stuff more more frequently but i've just found you know you've got to understand that the suppliers or the manufacturers have got to make some money out of it so if you can bite the bullet and and just back yourself to be able to sell the products um i've found that works a bit better for me i mean i'd like to turn over stuff probably quicker than what i am but just to stick with the quality and then everything becomes more efficient the shipping the um yeah the price of the products and then we can um hopefully it shows on the other end for the consumer as well the products um you know can be a bit more of an affordable price as well so yeah yeah definitely and so in the beginning, where did you keep the stock? Oh, at the time when I started Camp Draft Oz, I was still living over in the main house with mum and dad and mum taught all us kids school distance education. So we had what we call the classroom. It's just, yeah, uh, sort of an office standard room in the house, I guess, probably three by four metres. With It had some built-in cupboards. So it all sort of just started there. I used to just put it in there in piles on the floor and yeah it's just slowly grown from there yeah definitely because um 
You started Camp Draft Oz not that long after you finished school, really, did you? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And um, how long has it been running now for again? Well, I think from memory, I, I started the Instagram Grand page in uh, twenty. 13 and I probably had it for 12 months before I sold a product and then I was sort of not treating it seriously uh, probably for 12 or 18 months so realistically I wouldn't say that I've properly traded till about 2015 or 16 so that's when I'd say. So a good five or six years now. Yeah that's right yeah. Yeah that's awesome and how quickly did it grow? Yeah well that's a good question. I I don't know. I probably think that I'll go up and down a fair bit with growth. (laughs) Yeah, it's always exciting. We have a big trade stall that we go down to at the, um, that Nutrien holds at Tamworth each year at the beginning, their big horse sale and camp draft. I always try and bring out a new product range then. So that sort of kickstarts the year for for us. The last couple of events that have been really successful for us and it's helped us um, spread our, our name a bit. But, yeah, in terms of growth, I guess it's just slowly started from 2015 as I've expanded my product range and I've chopped and changed on a few few products but I've sort of worked out that our biggest market is is young women, so sort of young young ladies from sort of anywhere from 18 to sort of 28 or 30 I guess is where most of our products go so if you have a look on our website you probably notice it's predominantly targeted at that but we we are reinstating our men's range uh I probably didn't do a very good job of that when I first started it but we've got some new men's men's products coming out and we've also got a small kids range as well but yeah it's just slowly evolved as the product range has expanded i guess yes my i've got a few pieces and my kids have definitely got a few pieces as well so when did you get to the point where you thought i've got to get this stuff out of the house yeah well i guess i just ran out of space it wasn't a huge room and i was just originally putting stuff on the floor and then i um, went and bought some shelves from bunnings and sort of had stuff stacked right to the ceiling and rows in there as much as I could get in. And then, yeah, when a big order of of shirts had come in or caps, I sort of soon worked out that, yeah, this this isn't working. It was just a bit of a schmozzle in there. And you'd already moved out over into the cottage by this stage, so you were coming back over to the main house to pack orders. and Yeah, well, that is correct. I did move over to the cottage and then I was coming back over each day to pack at the house. So. I just have to take this moment to say that I think your parents are a lot more patient than mine because if, if it wasn't my mother, it would definitely be my father saying, get this, get this somewhere else. Yeah, no, mum and dad were pretty good like that, which was good. But yeah, it was only really a short period that I was sort of going backwards and forwards and then um, we decided that we'd build a shed to... Um, to house all the products so that was sort of the next step for us to to expand into somewhere that was a bit bit bigger and uh, a bit more organized and efficient for the picking and packing so yeah that was exciting and good yeah and um did you look at other options like did you look at other businesses what they were doing did you look at distribution centers having the stock somewhere else yeah i did i did um 
there was actually some people that came out to home from uh, Victoria. One of them, he was in a bus and they were two brothers and the other one was in a caravan with their two wives. And the guy who was in the bus had has a huge um, paper business in, um, in Melbourne, in Victoria. And he, uh, at the time... I think we were just about to build the shed or hadn't quite committed to it and and um he said to me said if I had some advice for you I'd just uh I would get somewhere where and where it's not going to cost you any money and just so you can rather than paying any rent put all that revenue that you're saving back in your business and grow it some more so you, before you can justify it so I probably took that advice we did had looked at other areas uh, like perhaps moving it into town but then i'd probably have to pay someone to pack the orders and it sort of took a lot of the cream out of it for me so yeah just decided that the warehouse was the best option for us out on the farm yeah definitely so you've decked it out you've got the inside lined it's air conned you've got it set up smick yeah dad and i actually we got the um slab concreted by the local concreter from Warrenbar, and then Dad and I built built the shed. So, yeah, we tried to do it as best as we could. The dust is an issue out where we live. Um, we're sort of constantly doing battle with that, but all our products are, are individually lined in, in plastic, so that sort of um, helps a lot. But, yeah, we do get a really fine layer of dust in there, but it's um, sort of the best best we could do so best it can be yeah and um do you think that the space like having extra space has helped you to grow the business or helped you to be more productive yeah definitely definitely um it's allowed me to expand more products with more space and then definitely more efficient when it comes to picking and packing um normally it's not too bad for us throughout the year but when big events come like black friday and um, boxing day sales yeah, it definitely makes the job way easier. You can sort of have two or three people in there sort of working reasonably efficient, efficiently without sort of standing on each other's toes too much. I've just got uh, rows of shelves set up so you can sort of just walk through each row and you can pick and pack from either side with the products. So, yeah, it's it's probably i mean it's something that I could definitely improve on more, the efficiency and how everything's packed out. We, at the moment, we don't have anything barcoded. So I, I noticed that big warehouses, when you pick up a product, they actually have a little machine there and it scans the barcode and then ticks that off in the order sometimes. When we're doing a lot of orders, like maybe a couple of hundred in a few days, you, quite often you just have a brain freeze and you someone will order two or three shirts and you only take one out because you haven't paid fine attention to what was there. So that's quite often an error that happens with us when we're packing orders which could be improved but apart from that it's not too bad <laughs> oh i think you guys are doing a good job because um you know like just even having this conversation probably gives some people some insight into the fact that just to take orders to the post office is a hundred kilometer round trip and you are you know feeding animals and mustering and then packing orders in the shed and i i like Myself, as a consumer, I like that. I like to know that the people that I'm supporting are a family, you know, it's not a big corporation. 
Yeah, well, that's a good motto to have, Sarah. I think it is really important to support rural and well, not just rural, but uh, small business and particularly family business. And yeah, yeah. it's good to support in an, in an area as well in Australia. So I quote uh, Tom from the Collie Hotel a little bit when I, when I was talking to him on the phone. He was saying that you can buy a carton of carton of beer from Dan Murphy and it might be two, three, four dollars cheaper. But who the hell's Dan Murphy? <laughs> Uh, he's a funny bugger. So, what advice would you give to somebody who was thinking about moving into a bigger space? No, nah, well, I, I mean, everyone's got different different needs that tailor themselves. I mean, speaking specifically for e-commerce, I guess, if you're going to be in town, and I'd think uh, definitely look at somewhere uh, where you're close to a post office or whoever you're going to distribute with whether you've got some other options send all or something else like that but um yeah that would be a big factor in my decision if i was in town and then obviously cost considerations and space um i have spent a bit of time looking on the internet at different different uh spaces and the costs that's associated with them but yeah i mean those would be the Two biggest factors for me for e-commerce and then potentially, yeah, if you're going to employ someone, then you've got to look at ease of access for people to get in there and stuff like that. So, yeah, just be my three three things to look at if you're considering it. Yeah, definitely. And do you think, um, is there anything that you'd change about your space? Not particularly, Sarah. It's um, the shed that we built is actually a dual purpose shed. It's... Uh, roughly 20 by 20 meters shed about five meters high and um two of the bays in the shed are just used as parking for machinery and then the third bay it's completely sealed with um a roller door at the front so i can sort of unload stuff from a pellet and just drive it straight in there with a tractor and then at the other end there's a personal access door so we sort of had a bit of a think what would work for us before we built it. But, yeah, there's not necessarily anything I'd, I'd change about it. Probably just having spoken to you is maybe look at some sort of dust compression so you can compress the enclosed space in there to make it a little bit more dustproof. That would be the only thing that I'd change. Yeah, definitely. I'll have to give you that information because I did do a bit of a Google search on those um, fans. Yeah. So you can sort of pressurise the interior so that it keeps the dust out i think what you were saying there about the post office is a really a really good tip and one thing that i know that i do with my business is rather than there's a post office that's quite close to us but i actually take all my parcels across town and drop them off at the distribution center because that saves an extra day because if i drop it off at an outlying postal service then it has to go to the distribution center and then it goes on from there so even just making sure that i take them all to the distribution center make sure that those parcels go out just one day sooner and as you know people want their parcels now yeah basically that's a really good point there sarah i think that is um to have a successful business i think customers really appreciate getting their mail as soon as possible so yeah as much as you can streamline that process as well i think it all helps very much oh definitely well nick thank you so much for coming on the podcast today let's give camp draft dolls a plug where can people find you get in touch jump on the website yeah just uh 
any of your social media platforms, mainly Facebook and Instagram, good old Google, and then, yeah, just our website, campdraftoz.com. So if you're, uh, yeah, looking for some camp draft clothes or potentially even a business that might be interested in wholesaling, we're certainly interested in that as well. So Definitely. So if, some, if someone wants to stock Camp Draft Oz, are they best to send you an email or? Yeah, either or email or message, um, we'll... We'll give back to you either way. So yeah, definitely. So if anybody wants to uh, get featured on your page, they just tag you at Camp Draft Oz, and they might go in the mix to get shared on social media. Yeah, that's the best way. Um, just hashtag Camp Draft Oz and make sure your profile is um is public so we can see the photo. I think a lot of people tag it on a private profile and we can't see it sometimes. But either that or yeah, hashtags definitely the most efficient because it sort of stores it in a in a folder for us to have a look through. So hashtag Camp Draft Oz is your best best chance. Yeah, awesome. All right, well, thank you so so much for um, jumping on the podcast with us today. Thanks for having me, Sarah. All right, today's wrap up snap quiz. Favorite time, your favorite time. Everybody's favourite time. Mm-hmm. So, around our topic, does a bigger space mean a more successful business? Mm, no. Nope. That's a no from me. That's a no from me too. Yeah. Some of my favourite shops are tiny. Yeah. Yeah, you just go to little, like, little alleyways and you just find a little deadly little place. You're like, wow. I'm sure that they probably have to have somewhere out the back where they've got all this stock stored though. But anyway, moving on. Oh, they might have it at a different location, but the uh, that's probably why the big space is needed. Will it be detrimental to your business if you do not, do not upgrade to a bigger space? Me to my business? Yep. No, I don't think so. I've been mm-hmm. I've been growing in this cramped space. I think there will come a, a time when it's um. It's busting at the seams. It is busting out of the seams, but my business is still growing, and I'm still managing it in this space. If I didn't have the level of OCD that I've got, it would be a total shit bite. Right. Well, that probably leads on to my next question. Mm-hmm. Would you rather have a dirty, leaky big space or a spotlessly clean, cramped small space? Spotlessly clean. Yeah, that's not a right. That's not incorrect. There, you know, that is exactly what you would choose. Let's have a look at my product base. Okay, I have like white linen, white copious <laughs> amounts of white linen. Could you imagine the disaster if I was in a big, leaky, dirty space? Yeah, disaster. Not interested. Not one bit. Nope. Excellent. Well, thank you all so, so much for listening. We've really enjoyed today's episode and I hope that you enjoyed our chat with Nick. Um, Make sure you jump on and follow Camp Draft Oz on Instagram or jump on their website. And also make sure you jump on and join the All Things Small Biz family. It's our podcast group where we talk about Um, your business, your wins, feedback about the podcast, and we also give small businesses shout outs. So make sure you jump in that group, leave us a message, and we will shout out your business wins. Thanks again for listening. Laters. 
Thanks for listening to All Things Small Biz. You can get more tips and find out about all the latest stuff we've got going on at the All Things Small Biz Instagram page or join our Facebook group, All Things Small Biz Family. We'd love you to follow our social media pages or you can jump onto the website, www.allthingsmallbizpodcast.com. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you.